Hello, welcome to Shadcast, episode 19, August 26th, 2017. I got some dead-eyed dates coming up next Thursday, which is the 31st. Uh, We will be at ABGB, which is the Austin Brewery, or uh, Beer Garden and Brewery. And that is going to be my first show I will not be there for. We got Rob Kidd filling in for me. And um, he, uh, you may have seen this guy in uh, Golden Dawn Orchestra, also Papa Molly, where um, I think that's the only, maybe the only time I've played with him is uh, in Papa Molly's band. I've sat in with that band once or twice. And uh, yeah, really good drummer, uh, very groovy, dancey, kind of rootsy. rhythm and blues drummer and a really sweet guy and i'm excited i we finally have a sub for me uh we we have had a sub for uh, a couple of the other members and um you know it's just nice to know that if i get called away that someone can uh keep this dead music uh, keep this dead-eyed train rolling and keep this grateful dead music playing for the fans because they uh they just love this. They love the hell out of it. I mean, it's uh, someone's got to do it. And now there's another band. Uh, actually, they've been around for months and months now. Maybe, maybe they may, might be approaching their first year anniversary. Even uh, Minglewood. So uh, two dead bands in Austin. So take that. Uh, but then I'll be back and uh, back in the at the behind the kit on the second at Cottonwood Houston. And this is our regular haunt. We play there once every three to five weeks. And uh, it's an indoor-outdoor venue, and it's completely free. So we do two sets of Grateful Dead music in somewhat traditional fashion, although I would say uh, our set lists are um, kind of a blend of all the different eras from that band. So we do put our own spin on it. But as far as how the songs sound, it's uh, a pretty traditional, pretty true to form. Uh, maybe a little edgier, maybe a little funkier, maybe a little more modern. Um, and I know I'm a fishier drummer um, than, say, Dark Star Orchestra. But I'm not as uh, I'm not as verbose and tricky as Joe Russo from J Rad and. These are the two dead bands we get compared to the most uh, because, uh, like J-Rad, we'll take these uh, little moments and uh, expand them or we will um, put a lot more kind of almost metal energy into uh, the jams and just kind of push it over the cliff a little harder than the dead dead. Although, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if we've ever hit the, uh, the heights the dead have at their peak, but we've certainly hit our own kind of peaks and they're cool. It's a, it's a cool thing what we do. So if you haven't seen it yet, um, you know, we're in year seven. So I think we're starting to get these tunes down. It's exciting. It's a good time for, uh, the band. And then we'll be back in Austin on the third for a, uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday show. Uh, that's at the one to one bar. We're doing a acoustic, uh, appetizer and then a big old electric set 
Yeah, I think because it's Sunday. And, uh, you know, Sundays are. We're going to push that show up a little earlier than usual. Uh, I think that's an 8 o'clock show. Um, so anyway, looking forward to those. Uh, but first, tomorrow I leave for um, Mendoza, Argentina. Uh, we touch base in, uh, or we touch down in, in Dallas and Santiago, Chile as well. So uh, not a direct flight. It should be like nine hours in uh, total, I believe. So I'll be doing uh, lots of reading and hopefully sleeping because they're saying we're hitting the ground running for another uh, another winery death march. Although this doesn't sound too death marchy, we're just basically. I, I think the folks, the importers who are bringing me down, um, they only represent two wineries down there. So I assume we're just gonna walk through vineyards and eat a lot and maybe go horseback riding. Uh, they're gonna try to serve me a lot of beef empanadas, which I'm gonna try not to eat because I'm trying to not eat meat. Uh, but I know beef is a big deal down there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to just be up front with these people that beef tears my guts up by this point. And though I, I still think it's delicious and I don't have any problems with everyone eating meat. I personally am trying to shy away from it. Uh, I feel better. I sleep better. I poop better. I, I can exercise harder without, uh, meat. It, I think dige- the digestion of meat takes up a lot of precious energy that I realize is uh, a valuable, very valuable resource as you uh, approach your 40s. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be uh, spending four days with some of my uh, Pioneer Wine colleagues down in Mendoza, Argentina. That's the uh, in the foothills of the Andes Mountains, high elevation. It's uh, dry, and I think it'll be it's summer here, so it might be winter there. It might be, uh, you know, kind of edging into spring. So I'm uh, hopefully it'll be a lot cooler than it has been here. Although we're enjoying a nice temperature drop in Austin, Texas, thanks to uh, Hurricane Harvey. Wasn't there a big rabbit named Harvey in uh, American literature? Oh, I can't remember the name of that book. Maybe it was a play. Maybe it was just called Harvey. I don't know. Maybe it's called The Man and the Invisible Rabbit but I'm pretty sure it was an invisible rabbit named Harvey somewhere uh, in American theater. And Harvey is, uh, yeah, I've kind of got hip to Harvey a couple, a few days ago, and it quickly strengthened into a Category 4 hurricane and slammed into Rockport and, like, Corpus Christi, and but mainly Rockport. Rockport is devastated. Uh, a lot of buildings were leveled. Um, lives, uh, at least one life was lost. I know a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, storm surge and, um, there's the rains are still coming down. So I don't know if we've, uh, you know, we're just starting to tally up the damage now. Um, but it doesn't seem too bad. Although I'd say if you lived in Rockport and didn't, uh, and you didn't leave, you know, you you might be a little uh, shell-shocked. Seemed like a massive storm. Trees were ripped up. Power lines are down. You know, the marina was trashed. All these buildings are level. There was tornadoes that kind of um, spun off of this uh, this storm system. 
quickly thereafter, it got downgraded to a Category 1, and then I, uh, a, a tropical depression or tropical storm. So anyway, I, you know, Texas is always in the, the path for uh, hurricanes, it seems. I mean, the, the whole Gulf is just a, uh, you know, like a factory for hurricanes, so we get plenty of them. And uh, growing up in Houston, I remember uh, Hurricane Alicia tearing sycamore trees down and um, just batting around giant trees like, you know, they were made out of rubber. It's kind of, uh, kind of a shocking thing to see if you haven't witnessed it. Although here in Austin, it's always uh, pretty broken up by the time it gets here. Although I think we're going to get some flooding because uh, it's basically been raining for six hours straight, varying intensity. But, uh, yeah, it's basically been like a, a diagonal rain outside for uh, for six, seven hours. So I'm anticipating some flooding. Uh, I think Austin need needs some rain, but I think for annual averages, we're pretty above average. And uh, this will probably fill up the lake and the green belt. And, you know, we can all go uh, to our favorite swimming holes in the last gasp of summer here. Uh but yeah, my uh, pecan tree is just whipping around like crazy. You know, speaking of trees in my backyard, I uh, I recently cut down uh, a few ash jun- Actually, it was a hackberry and two of these ash junipers, which we uh, affectionately know as uh, cedar. I think we all call it cedar here. I, th- I don't know if it's actually cedar. It doesn't seem like it, but... I think they're called ash junipers, and you know I got a wicked um, allergy to ash juniper, so it, it makes this yellow pollen in the winter time and uh, coats everything, and, and then again in the spring, and it just makes my whole face itch so bad. Um, I'm not gonna go around uh, Central Texas with a chainsaw chopping down all you know, like the opposite of Johnny Appleseed. And just, you know, wage genocide on cedar trees. But I can start with my backyard. I got one more in the crosshairs of these stupid trees. And I'd like to plant real trees like maybe a a fruit tree or a, uh, you know, live oak. You know, I got some, I got a red bud, a couple magnolias. I planted this other weird bushy tree that I don't know what it is. They have an app for that. I think they do. I don't they have an app where you can uh, just take a picture of some leaves and it'll tell you what plant that is? I should probably do that. Um, but that tree in question loves the rain, so uh, it's been looking kind of sad uh, the last few months in this brutal heat, but this rain ought to perk it right back up. We've lost power in a few parts of Austin, nothing too bad. But, uh, you know, it just, this, this storm is lingering. Uh, Harvey's hanging out. He's kicking off his shoes, going to make himself at home and just dump rain for days and days and days on us. So hopefully uh, my plane leaves all right tomorrow. I'm a little concerned about getting up in the air in this uh, windy, wet craziness. But my flight is not canceled, so I will have faith that they know what they're doing and can get above it. And can get me to Dallas and then off to Santiago and Mendoza. I don't think we're going to Buenos Aires. I think it's a complete opposite side of the country. So that's uh, that's a bummer. I'm uh, going with Malia to uh, California. We just booked 
a vacation down there. So we're going to, we typically like to do road trips. So we're going to fly into LA and then drive up to Santa Barbara and then drive up to uh, uh, Santa Cruz and San Jose, San Francisco. Just do that whole coast trip and uh, see some beautiful rocky beaches and some sandy beaches and some uh, city beaches and some more rural beaches and some uh, vineyards. I know uh, the uh, Santa Maria AVA, uh, AVA stands for American Viticultural Area, Santa Inez AVA, Santa Barbara AVA, AVA, Paso Robles uh, AVA, uh, these are all regions I'd like to visit. I've never been before. I'm not a huge fan of those wines, although uh, Santa Maria, San Inez are putting out uh, better wine all the time, despite uh, climate change. And you'd think it'd just be cooking and have these uh, sweet, you know, uh, kind of disgusting wines. But I think they're uh, they got some cool microclimates that are allowing uh, interesting wine to be made and grapes to get a nice long hang time. Uh, but I don't know anything about that area and I'm going to go learn. Uh, you know, I've looked at the maps and stuff and I've tasted the wines, but, uh, you got to go see the dirt, feel the dirt, see the vines, meet the people, smell the smells, eat the foods. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. I, I think that's kind of where most of the food, uh, in the, in the country is grown as well. So that should be cool to see like, Hopefully we see like giant lettuce farms and strawberry farms and things like this. Anyway, I'm excited to explore. I usually just we usually fly into San Francisco and go north to Napa and and Sonoma and Mendocino and um, Anderson Valley, but this time we're we're going from LA to San Francisco and uh, hopefully end up at uh, San Francisco and eat uh, Absinthe and Prospect. Those are the two uh, restaurants I'd like to cap it off. And uh, there are the Psalms at those two restaurants are gals I went to France with. So it'd be really cool to run into them again. And uh, and then this other guy that I went with um, on the same trip, he works at the jug shop. So I'd like to go see uh, old two shirts at the uh, at the jug shop, San Francisco. What else is going on? Yeah, you know, just dealing with this hurricane. Uh, it's pretty calm outside right now, but that changes from moment to moment. All of a sudden, it looks like the tree's going to be ripped up from the ground. But, uh, yeah, Trump even just, uh, this is Trump's first national, natural disaster. You know, he's, uh, he's created several disasters, but, uh, this is the first. Uh, so he gets to respond and be the heroic president. He's been trying out several different personas this week. Uh, we saw a uh, teleprompter president tell us about Afghanistan, the war Afghanistan. You know, he flip flopped there. He's, you know, back when Obama was uh, the president, he keep he kept tweeting like, uh, you know, we got to get out, we got to get out of Afghanistan. This is so stupid. It's the longest war ever. And now he's saying he's doubling down. He's gonna get the job done. He's, he's the same things Obama said. You know, it's just uh, the hypocrisy of this administration is. <laughs> really starting to uh, uh, I don't know this is the weirdest weirdest of times but so he said a bunch of Obama stuff he's got all those uh, generals in his off in his uh, 
cabinet now. Yeah, and more people are are quitting Gorka, who was like the uh, like the counterterrorism guy. Quit um, the uh, there's files. I think there's articles of impeachment being introduced because you know after all this uh, crap with uh, Charlottesville. You know, uh, him saying there that there were some fine people at that rally. They weren't all neo Nazis or KKK. Um, there, there was trouble from many sides. You know, all the controversial shit he said, um, which has landed him in, in uh, hot water. You know, I was like, oh, look at that. President Trump with his Afghanistan speech and teleprompter face, uh, wearing his president hat, sounding all presidential. Uh, doing that, you know, boring president speech that we're all used to and expect out of this guy, although we rarely get. Yeah, he, you know, he goes and pardons Joe Arpaio, that uh, racial profiling sheriff from Arizona, or, or what was he? He was a sheriff in Arizona, but he was all about, you know, that uh, if you, you know, if you see a brown person, pull him over and. Just try to figure out what they're doing wrong because they're all doing something wrong. It's some really racist bullshit. And the fact that Trump is pardoning him is, I think that's his first pardon too, just really kind (laughs) of drives that point home that his uh, presser didn't fully do uh, from Trump Tower last week. Uh, So yeah, that guy just continuing to be a uh, a lunatic. And uh, and his racism is, is... is is really coming to the forefront and pissing a lot of people off. Uh, people are tearing down statues left and right. All the Confederate statues are getting vandalized and taken out in the middle of the night. And uh, Christopher Columbus now is on the chopping block because uh, he was a murderous uh, villain. And, uh, you know, it's fine with me, although a lot of people say uh, it's a slippery slope and, uh, you know, when are you going to start tearing down George Washington? You know, these guys had slaves. We've heard this rhetoric, uh, but I don't think it's the same thing. I mean, these people, uh, like, do we really need statues? I mean, statues were cool before the Internet, uh, but it's kind of, we're all, uh, I think we're past statues. I mean, just put some uh, some art up. Like, how about some art? I think all these places where statues were would be a great place for some public works of art. That's just my opinion. Um, you know, let's fight about whether or not we like some artwork instead of some slave-holding, horse-riding, confederacy-leading assholes. So anyway, and then the next day, Trump was back to rally Trump and uh, went down to Arizona and just really raised hell and talked about... All the same things he always talks about, you know, Obama sucks, Hillary sucks, I win, I, we're winning, I'm the best, and uh, we're going to build that wall. Meanwhile, he's saying that he's going to shut down, he's tweeting that he's going to shut down the government if they can't fund his wall. So, so much for Mexico paying for the wall, and I never believed that anyway. I thought it was all just a bunch of hot air to get him uh, the racist vote. Which I only thought was about 30% of America. Turns out might be a little closer to 40. Sad. Um, at least of the voters. So, and then the next day, he was um, a different guy altogether. So, three different Trumps in one week. Uh, pardon Joe Arpaio. 
did us a solid uh, with the Hurricane Harvey. So, you know, I'd say uh, uh, he's got one point in the or maybe one or two marks in the pro column and several in the con column. Uh, this guy is just, he's just like a sinking ship, you know, and, and people are jumping off that ship left or right from his administration. It's just going to be like generals left who, uh, are going to shut him down. Oh, he also banned transgender people from the military. So, uh, another hateful move. I mean, the, really, we can't let these guys go kill themselves. Are there just that many people ready to kill themselves? Uh, fighting in some bullshit war, some 16-year endless uh, Afghanistan war? Are we, I mean, are we still calling it... Uh, what, I mean, what's the wording now? Is it still the war on terror? Is that what we're doing? He keeps mentioning ISIS and the Taliban. I think we're actually going to start working with the Taliban to work out, uh, you know, work ISIS out of the, the country or... Al Qaeda. I, I just don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's all just what to believe anymore. They're all fighting each other. I think the Taliban took responsibility for nine eleven. Yet we're helping them fight ISIS now. It's just too much. It's too weird. I and I kind of think we should get out of there and just let them go back to their business. I think we should have let those uh, Nazi ralliers go about their business. You know, like don't give them any attention. It just. Uh, we're in the safest times ever, and we're freaking people out thinking that Nazis are taking to the street, and we could have just ignored them, and their stupid tiki torches, and their uh, Jews will not replace us uh, chanting. Like, are Jews replacing you guys, really? Because I haven't heard that. That's news to me. Enough politics, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> that is enough of that. We're all sick to death of it, although it's kind of fun to watch it. For someone who doesn't have uh, TV, you know... Um, I don't have cable or anything, so I just watch you know like live Twitter feeds of our country uh, spinning out of control. But I uh, would like to just reassert that this is the safest time ever, and uh, this country is awesome. You know, we gotta like not be distracted by this small minority of douchebags out there trying to fuck up our our party here, our experiment, our democracy. <clears throat> Sorry, enough about politics. Uh, last last week there was a bunch of great music in town um, that I was excited to see uh, for road shows. That is, and uh, the first one was Secret Chiefs Three at Emos. They opened up for uh, or they kind of co-build with uh, Dead Cross. Um, Secret Chiefs Three is part of that web of mimicry group uh, with the Stratosphere. And uh, Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum and a few others. I can't remember. Anyway, exceptionally talented group of musicians. We're talking like these tall, thin, vegan, Jedi, you know, highly skilled musicians that can play anything you put in front of them. And uh, they tend to be uh, like classically trained metalheads, but can play, you know, they enjoy playing music from the Middle East and like uh, klezmer and uh, surf music, and they they sing like angels. It's just a really overly talented, amazing, beautiful group of uh, human beings from California. Uh, Trace Bruance, Jimmy Shim, uh, Jason Schimmel, 
uh, Tim Smolens, Tim Harris, you know, these guys, uh, John Wooley. They are incredible. And Spruance actually was, uh, I don't know if that's how you say his name, uh, but Trey and Mike Patton did Mr. Bungle together, you know. So I was hoping for some Bungle action, although we didn't get any. Uh, and in fact, Dead Cross was a super disappointing show. It was real hard, like metal as fuck. You know, I just didn't really recognize any of the tunes. I didn't, I didn't pick up on any good hooks or melodies, or it was just punishing metal. But you know, as far as that goes, Dave Lombardo is the man. You know, he's the king of the metal drums, and it was, uh, it was amazing to watch him. I feel like I learned some, uh, some chops, and uh, just really enjoyed his balls to the wall approach to drumming. Uh, the, and the drummer for Secret Chief Three was amazing. Uh, in fact, I got to meet the bass player, too. It was only his third gig with them. I, I guess they have a uh, rotating cast. But uh, he was super cool and, you know, just smart, down-to-earth, amazing people. I, uh, I really miss the Stratosphere. They were one of my favorite bands. But uh, Secret Chiefs kind of brought me back into that world. It felt great. And Dead Cross was a bit of a letdown. And the uh, special, uh, special Blue Balls was at the very end. They start playing Rain and Blood. And Mike Patton is on drums, and Dave Lombardo is on uh, on the Vokes. And uh, right as the song kicks in after the intro, they just stop and walk off stage. That was their fucking encore. I was like, nope. That is shitty showmanship. Give me the rain and blood, or, you know, tease it and then play a song. I mean, come on. Give me some bungle. That was a missed opportunity. But I'd had a few. I'd had, I'd had a, a lozenge and... Uh, a few of these Axis IPAs that are in cans now uh, from Real Ale. And uh, that was a pretty good beer. Uh, once it, I think once it gets to room temperature, certain IPAs, when they're too cold, uh, they taste almost medicinal. could be a little like pine saw. But once it got um, to the right temperature, it was, it was a pretty damn good IPA. Um, I'm going to have to grab a six-pack and... Put on my uh, my study my beer studies hat and really dig deep into that beer, but I might not because every time I want an IPA, I just reach for a Bell's too too hearted too hotted. The next night was uh, Fleet Foxes at ACL Live. That's the Moody Theater. It's got two names. I feel like they're trying to phase out Moody Theater and just stick with ACL Live. I don't hear people say the Moody too often, but I like the name of that. Great, great fucking theater, though. I mean, it's really uh, just wide open and all black and very modern. It sounds great. They had this sleepy opener called uh, Bedouin. And uh, it was like this, um, you know, pixie, hippie chick, like kind of like a Joan Baez, folky strumming and singing. I mean, I really, I wish they had hammocks lining that place i would have just taken a nap and fleet foxes wasn't that much more exciting you know especially after a metal show it was just like uh some sort of they're like rubbing uh ointment on my ears it was some cooling ointment some salve uh so anyway fleet foxes is some of the best singers for sure on the road and um i don't know many of their songs but the few i do know um uh, like White Winter Hymnal was performed really well. That song is pretty popular. A few other songs, I can't recall their names, but um, 
Really great band. And then the next night was Australian Pink Floyd show. Uh, they did Dark Side of the Moon in its entirety, and then pretty much a third of the wall. Um, so that was that was really cool. And then the second set was songs like Sheep and Learning to Fly and um, What Do You Want From Me, One of These Days. Uh, the encore was Comfortably Numb. Uh, but really cool show. I hadn't seen those guys in a long time. It might be my third show from them. But, you know, I'm good with uh, Floyd not touring anymore. I can just watch these guys. They're really good. I mean, they make mistakes, which you won't hear Pink Floyd make, but they're real, real good. They got the lasers and the props. They got that big, uh, scary-looking teacher and the uh, this giant uh, evil pink kangaroo that bounces around during one of these days and all you know the laser beams you know really get you there they got that big circle behind the drums with the projection screen and all the lights around it um and then they they also had a big pig uh inflatable pig that took up a huge chunk of the theater so i don't know they're just doing it right and when i saw them play the wall i was pretty much convinced i was going to catch every show they played and I feel like it's pretty much the same guys. Um, they might have a rotating lineup as well. Uh, as far as cover bands go, I'm looking forward to the uh, Yacht Rock band coming back. They play here like twice a year. We're so lucky. That's just such a fun night. Uh, if you like, if you like that smooth rock, which I do, as well as the hard shit. Um, restaurants of note. Uh, nothing new, I don't think. Uh, I went to Pokey Pokey again. That's always great. Uh, Backspace. I uh, had some uh, Tammy, or Tommy, I don't know how you pronounce that, Narodavila from Ariana Okipenti, a woman who makes exceptional wines from Sicily. A woman I've met and kind of have a, uh, a professional crush on. Um, I also made uh, paella for the first time in a long time. So I made paella, which is cool when you go to the uh, fishmonger at the grocery store and you're like, all right, I'll take some mussels, I'll take some shrimp, I'll take some lobster, I'll take some calamari, I'll take some scallops, you know, just like little bits of everything uh, from the counter. And then uh, some saffron rice, that uh, smoked paprika, and then, yeah, you cook all that down and try not to uh, get it too burnt on the bottom. It was delicious. Uh, we drank that with, uh, what did we drink with that? What was it paired with? God, can't remember. Hopefully it was some Tempranillo. No, oh, we drank uh, Roblan Sancerre Rosé. Oh, Matthias Roblan was one of the uh, folks we visited uh, on the uh, aforementioned wine trip to the Loire Valley and, and Burgundy and Champagne. And those are the folks I'm gonna, I was talking about earlier in the podcast, uh, visiting their restaurants and the jug shop, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, got some uh, my hand on a couple bottles at Sancerre Rosé. It was really good. Um, and then we went, uh, we, I got a date night out of, uh, oh, the backspace was a date night with my buddy Johnny, and we also did the next week via three one three pizza, which is square Detroit style, which is a thick kind of uh, a little more spongy pizza, 
But that place is cool. We got some wine on the list there, and it's uh, actually Backspace has some of our wine too. Bravo, you pizza joints, you. Uh, you know, part of being a vegetarian is eating pizza. <laughs> just because you're vegetarian or pescatarian doesn't mean you uh, are healthy. It just means you don't eat meat. And then uh, I got the wife out for a date. Uh, we went to Central Standard. And uh, we ate like two dozen oysters. Most of them were from, uh, well, I got a dozen mall packs and then like nine uh, Massachusetts oysters, I think, at the end of the day. It was something like that. Maybe maybe 10. I don't know. Bunch of oysters. Both coasts. And drank Chablis and some white wine from uh, France I'd never heard of. Starting to see these uh, wines from kind of like uh, in-between regions of France. Like weird white wines. I don't know. I like to see that. It's, uh, there's so much wine out there. I, I just, I'll never get done exploring even France, like, let alone all the other countries. What else do we have? I had some pasta and it was okay. Uh, but the service was great. They're really sweet people. I always enjoy those, those cats at Central Standard. Um, and then across the way is Cafe Nose in the same South Congress Hotel. And then Manana. Uh, a coffee shop is in that building, and also Otoko, uh, the Omakase Sushi Show with uh, Yoshi. What other wine did I have? Oh, man, I've been drinking a lot of Beaujolais. They had some Gamay. That was excellent at Central Standard, but I've been buying a lot of Gamay for myself. Um, I, have, I I got some Cocolet. Uh, he, D- Damien Cocolet makes uh, Cherubles. Cherub and uh, some Morgon Cote de Pie. And uh, those are really good Cru Beaujolais. I uh, drank some Franz Haas Pinot Grigio, which is like a $45 Pinot Grigio, which is insane. But that Mountain Pinot Grigio is, uh, you know, kind of makes um, the $10 kind of bistro Pinot Grigio look silly. A lot more structure and intensity. Um, and then I'm still cranking through the cases of Selbach Oster Cabinet from 2011 that I bought. Uh, those Rieslings are always, uh, you know, I'd say Gamay and Riesling is really, uh, and maybe White Burgundy uh, at this stage are the wines that uh, I, I end up opening the most for whatever reason. You know, for a while it was Cote de Rhone's and it was like Languedoc, Carignan's and uh, Minervois and stuff. And now it's, Chablis, Champagne, White Burgundy, uh, Riesling, and Cru Beaujolais. Those are, you know, if, if my belly is a nightclub, um, then those wines are all the hot chicks that get the rope pulled back for them, and they, get, they don't have to wait in line. <laughs> they cut immediately to the front of the line. Clean my fucking garage which was a nightmare, especially because my wife was uh, PMSing and, and it was 102 degrees outside, so it was just like an oven. So I'd basically go out there and grab some box of shit and then dump it on my living room floor and just... I ended up just throwing away most of it. I can't believe I've just been storing this garbage in... You know, like, what am I doing with all these jewel cases for CDs? I don't listen to CDs anymore. I can't remember the last time I listened to CDs. So, a lot of recycling, a lot of trash, 
and now you can move around in uh, in the garage. It's very nice, but uh, that that's going to be an ongoing project around here. And I should probably get back to it actually now that I mention it. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, that's a podcast. I am headed to South America, and uh, then I'll catch up with you guys in a week or two. Adios.